Mega Calling, a bi-monthly podcast with sound-rich reports from our correspondents on the continent. African voices reporting on African stories produced by Radio France International. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Africa Calling Podcast on February 18th, 2022. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This week, we're short but sweet with stories from Nigeria to Kenya on the African continent. In this episode, our Nigeria correspondent takes a look at a growing problem of child soldiers being used by Boko Haram and ISIS-linked Islamic State's West Africa province, or ISWAP. Our Kenya correspondent finds out about how some women suffering from breast cancer can benefit from a special program that helps their self-esteem. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. Africa Calling. From Nigeria, this past week commemorated the International Day Against the Use of Child Soldiers. UNICEF says that more than 8,000 girls and boys have been recruited and used as child soldiers in different roles by armed groups in northeast Nigeria since 2009. Jihadist groups Boko Haram in the ISIS-linked Islamic State's West Africa province, or ISWAP, are mainly responsible for these atrocities, using girls for suicide bombing. Just last month, ISWAP circulated a video showing children undergoing military training. The video contained disturbing scenes of the children executing captives. Correspondent Sam Olukoya went to northeast Nigeria to find out more about these armed groups using children as killers. Children play in the Nagada River just outside Meduguri in northeast Nigeria. It is a short distance from the Sambisa forest, the stronghold of the jihadist group Boko Haram and its breakaway faction, Iswap. Children in places like this stand the risk of being abducted by the jihadists who will train them as armed fighters and killers. Outside a makeshift hut in Meduguri, Halima Audu pounds raw rice in a mortar. Boko Haram fighters abducted her when she was 14. She was kept in a camp where a Boko Haram senior fighter forcefully married her as his third wife. She said the man has a history of marrying girls and turning them into suicide bombers that are sent to detonate their explosives in crowded places like markets. He married the first wife and then she wore a suicide vest. He married again and he strapped a suicide vest on the second wife. Two wives were gone and he saw me there. He told me that I should prepare to go with him on a suicide mission. When he told me, I was scared. But he did not know I was afraid. I simply told him, it's okay, I'll go. I did not tell him that I won't be able to do it for him. If I had told him that I can't do it, he would have killed me. So I cleverly escaped from the camp. Between 2014 and 2018, Boko Haram deployed 468 women and girls to carry out suicide bombings, the most used by any terrorist movement. Halima said she saw many girls sent to carry out suicide bombings. Boko Haram said if you detonate a suicide bomb, you will go to paradise. Even a nine-year-old girl. They put explosives on her and she went and died. On the day of this particular mission, there were three of them, all young girls. Halima added that she saw boys undergoing military training while she was held captive. A video Iswap released last month shows boys training as if they were in the military. The boys have been trained 
to execute people. This boy in the video talks tough just before he shoots dead a captive who describes himself as a soldier. The children executed three captives in the video. These are members of the jihadist group Boko Haram. The group also has a history of training children to execute people. Daleb Dasiya, a university student, was executed by a child after Boko Haram fighters abducted him. Here in Jaws, children play outside Daleb's family house. He was abducted while traveling to school. A week later, Boko Haram released a video showing his execution. His father, David Dacia, said it was devastating watching the video and seeing how the boy shot his son. I saw the video. I saw it. I watched it. And I saw the shooting. And twice. He shot him twice. So what do we do? We have not seen the dead body, let alone burial. What ceremony shall we do about that? Nothing than to leave everything to God, sir. Using children to kill is not new, but both Boko Haram and Iswap have pushed their use even further, ripping apart families in the process in Nigeria. The children in the Iswap video show excitement after executing their three captives. Security expert Felif Olorunda of the SSV Protection Services says the children being trained by the jihadists will constitute a major security risk for Nigeria in future if nothing is done to rescue them from camps where they are kept. There's no future. There's no future. They are going to be terrorists. That's what they are training them to be. So there has to be an intentional program of uh, looking for all these enclaves and enclosures and see how those children can be brought out of those enclosures and be indoctrinated in the proper way. While Olorunda believes more attention must be given to rescuing these child soldiers, the government has been inactive in dealing with this issue. With the military bogged down with numerous attacks from the jihadists, rescuing child soldiers is not a priority for now. Reporting for Africa Calling, this is Sam Olukoya in Jos, Nigeria. Check us out on Twitter, Africa underscore underscore calling. We're at Africa underscore underscore calling. And now we turn our sights to East Africa. Breast cancer is one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers in Kenya, making up more than a quarter of the cases. Hair loss during treatment leaves many survivors feeling vulnerable. But one beautician is changing that, one wig at a time. Correspondent Anne Macharia reports from Nairobi. Diana Ketch, here in her Nairobi salon, runs a hair business, but not your ordinary kind of hair business. She makes customized wigs for breast cancer patients who in most cases lose their hair during chemotherapy treatment. The wigs are made to fit every cancer patient. Diana says the motivation stems from losing a friend who had cancer. When she lost her hair and her breast, I could see how it really affected her psychologically, self-esteem issues, and yeah, she was quite sad. I custom made a wig for her, a beautiful human hair wig, 
and she was like oh my gosh she was like this so how much is this going to cost i told her i'm not going to charge you anything because you're already spending so much on your medication the least i can do is just you know buy you this wig touched by her gesture her friend celestine asked diana to make a wig for another cancer patient in her name and share it on social media the response was huge and her wig charity was born at her salon diana is combing a wig the wigs are paid for by donations and companies making this wigs are part of her life a catch calls it her little big thing uh, all i can say is i don't know where i get the strength to do this because times are hard for everyone you know but whenever i bless that one person i always know i'll not lack food in my house i'll not get sick i believe that in my mind my kids are protected my family is protected my parents are protected because i believe whenever they you give them that wig and someone says dear god bless you from the bottom of my heart may god bless your business may god bless your health your family to me that is enough it is enough because you have to leave a legacy in this world what are you going to leave behind in kenya women under 50 account for more than half of those 7000 women diagnosed with cancer each year according to global can 44 year old coletta monde was diagnosed with breast cancer 2 years ago chemotherapy might be saving her life but the loss of her hair has left her feeling exposed coletta came to diana's salon and finally has something to smile about she's about to get a new wig wow <laughs> Access to cancer treatment is a challenge here in Kenya. It is unaffordable for most who live less than $3 a day. Coletta is among few Kenyans who are privileged to afford treatment. A good number of patients await their death. If you have cancer and you don't have money, you can easily die. You need medication, you need food. If you can't eat or if you miss a round of chemotherapy, it will drain you. Dr. Dulce Wanda is an oncologist at Kenyatta Hospital. She attributes the rising cases of cancer to lack of treatment centers. If we combine both private and public, then maybe we could be talking about 20 to 30. facilities that offer cancer care. When you talk about radiotherapy then the number even goes lower because the facilities are very few. Most of them concentrated within Nairobi for the private facilities. For the government facilities now is when we're having others coming up. Previously it was just Kenyatta. So that means the population is quite large. The facilities are very few. Breast cancer treatment is elusive for many in Kenya, but for those who are on the difficult journey, Diana Ketch custom wigs given free to women who are suffering can make a difference in their lives. For Arifai's Africa calling, this is Anne Masharia in Nairobi, Kenya. Find us on your favorite podcast platform app, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We're almost at the end of our program. We have Music Maven Alison Hurd in the studio. Hi Alison, what do you have for us today? 
Hi, Laurangela. This week I've picked some desert blues from the late Malian singer Kera Arbi. Some people referred to her as the Nightingale of Timbuktu. That's her hometown. You'll hear why in just a minute. She has a great voice. Her songs are about, well, work, love, family, women, and, of course, sadly, the toll of war. Um, some of the songs she wrote were a call for peace in the north of Mali, which, of course, remains very elusive. She sang in many languages, Arabic, Bambara, Tamashek and Songhai. And through those different languages, she was able to create a kind of link between the north and south of her country. Mali is, of course, still very divided. We've seen that so much this week as the French announced they were going to withdraw their troops. People are still being killed with the insurgency there. But her songs do give us some hope that peace can return one day. I've picked the song Enya, and it means my mother. I hope you like it. Thanks for listening to episode 12 of Africa Calling. We just wanted to share some great news with you, our listeners. We've been shortlisted for a prize. We're up for the best commercial strategy for a podcast by the Podcast Publisher Awards. We want to thank you, the listeners, for your support of our Africa Calling podcast, African Voices on African Stories. And if you're just tuning in now, check out our more than 40 podcasts for free online. We've been running this for over a year, and we're always striving to bring you more interesting features from all parts of Africa, not just in urban settings, but in rural areas too. Thanks again. And now we'll leave you with the fabulous sounds of the late, great Kara Arby, the Nightingale of Timbuktu. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This episode was edited and recorded by Erwan Rome and Nicolas Doro. Goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs>